Today's daf is Gittin daf nun vav, and we are eight lines from the bottom of daf nun hey omid beis omer rabbi yochanan. Today's daf is being learned leilu nishmas chayim melazer ben yibadol chayim reb shem shenarye and leilu nishmas reb moshe ben rebarin. So we're moving along in the fifth parak of Masechtas Gittin, parak hanizakin. The theme of which is different takonos that Chazal instituted. And really, the theme of Perak was Behemshech to the theme of Perak which also discussed different takonos that Chazal instituted. It began with a takona related to Mesechtes Gitin, the laws of Bittol Haget. The last takona that we saw after a lot of digression was a takona that was made because of the Sikrikon. The Sekrikon were a group of bad guys that lived Surka Churban Bayasheni, and because the Mishnah mentioned this group of people known as the Sekrikon, the Gemara now is going to embark on one of the great digressions of all time. The Gemara is going to talk about the events that surrounded the Sekrikon, the events that surrounded the destruction of the second base Amikdash, the events that surrounded the destruction of Tur Malka of Beitar, some of the most famous Gemaras in Shas. We have literally three dafin of Gemara that is related to the Chorban. It's also Dover Be'itai Matoiv, like so many of the Sugis and the Gemaras that we've learned during the 14th cycle of Dafayoimi. The fact that these Gemaras, these three dafin, fall out during the three weeks, it's not a coincidence. And on that note, we begin an absolute epic Gemara. Zok de Heilige Gemara. Om Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan said, Maidrsev, what's Pshad in the Pasik that Shleim Melech said? Ashrei Adam Mefache Tomid, Umaksha Liba. Yipal bara praised is a person that's anxious. He's mefachet tamed, umakshaliboy. But somebody that has a hard heart, he doesn't calculate and he doesn't really assess the ramifications of everything that he does. Ultimately, a person like that will be yipal bara. So Rabbi Yechon said, "There's three examples of it. Number one, a kamsa ubar kamsa char of Yerushalayim. It was because of the story of kamsa bar kamsa that Yerushalayim was destroyed. A tarnigoyle of a tarnigalta char of tor beitar. It was because of a story related to a rooster and a hen that tor malka was destroyed. And a shaka derisbak. It was because of a story related to the door of a chariot that Charev Beitar, the great city of Beitar, was destroyed. So Rabbi Yochanan made an observation. His observation was that he noticed that some of the biggest events in Jewish history were triggered by what at the time would have seemed very, very minor. And Rabbi Yochanan's takeaway was, Ashrei Adam Mefachei Tamid, meaning anytime a person does something, he has to what the potential ramifications might be. He has to be a Roya Sanoilet. And don't think that, big deal, it's insignificant, and why would I overanalyze something that would seem to be very, very benign? Because you never know what the impact of even a, a Dover cotton could be. And he gave three examples. Akamsa Bar Kamsa, which at the time didn't seem to be like such a huge deal. Charev Yerushalayim. And because of Tarnagoyla, Tarnagolta, Charev Tormalko, because of the Shakat by Charev Beit. And the Gemara now is going to tell the three stories. The longest one is the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, and that's going to be Malava us through the daf. Zok the Gemara. Kamsa bar Kamsa charb Yerushalayim. What was the story? That who grabbed it was a person. The Rachmi Kamsa. He had a friend whose name was Kamsa. Ubal the He also had an enemy whose name was Bar Kamsa. 
Now this person, Ovat Suda, so he made a Suda, Amalei L'Shamoy, told his Gabba, Zil Aisili Kamsa, making a party, I want my friends to be there, please call Kamsa, tell him to come to the party. Ozal Aisili Bar Kamsa, by mistake, the Gabba called not the person's friend Kamsa, but the person that he didn't like so much, Bar Kamsa. Osa Ashkeche, the Haviyas. In the meantime, the host is working the crowd, he's going from table to table, he's pouring wine. And he sees Bar Kamsa sitting there. Amale, so he talks to him in third person. He says, Mechdi, ahu gabru baldu bobida ahu gabru. We don't get along. My boy Sacha, what are you doing here? So he told him that, what do you mean? I was invited. He said, it was a mistake. Kum, pike, get up and leave. Amale. So Bar Kamsa whispers into the host here and he says, listen, Amale, I'm here already, Shafkin. Let me just stay. Meaning, it's going to be grace of his yoyness if I'm going to have to leave now in the middle of the party. Now, I understand you don't want me there and maybe it's coming at a cost. And I'll pay my way whatever you're being charged by your caterer per couple, per person, I'm willing to pay. He told him why. Absolutely not. He said it's going to be so humiliating for me to have to leave now in the middle of the Suda that I'm willing to pay for half the Suda. I'll pay for the entire Suda. And then the host didn't ask any more questions. He grabbed him by the lapel, the oikme, he picked him up, the afke, and he himself walked him out of the Omar said, We're all sitting here. Apparently, this was a, a real VIP event, and all the Chshuvim and Yerushalayim were there. And nobody said anything. So Barkhamsa said, Shmamino must be that they are okay with what just happened. And he said, If that's the case, I have to take revenge, not only from this host who just embarrassed me, but really from all the Rabbanon. And what he did was, Ezel, he said, I'm going to go, Echobu, Kurzabe, Malka, I'm going to be Malshin. I'm going to speak Lashon Hara. I'm going to speak Rechilos by the king of Rome. And we'll see already what's going to happen. Azal Omale the Kesar. So he went to the Kesar. Now the Kesar was not the Melech of Rome, but he was a very important official. And it was he that was in charge of all things that were happening at that time in Yerushalayim. So just to put it in historical context, at this point, the... Yidin are under the governance of the Roman Empire. Now, the Romans, for the most part, are letting the Yidin do what they need to do, but at the same time, the Yidin are answering to a higher authority. They're answering to the Romans. And there's a Caesar whose job it is, he's the mayor, he's the governor, to make sure that everything is happening the way it's supposed to happen. So Bar Kamsa goes, he meets with the Kesar, and he told him, I have some intel, I have some inside information, I want you to know the Jews are planning a rebellion, they are going to try to overthrow you, and ultimately the mighty Roman Empire. Amalei, so he told him, prove it, you can't just tell me that. Amalei, he says, I'll prove it. Shadalu Karban. Why don't you send them a carbon? Chaziz, and let's see whether they're going to be makrivit. We know the halacha is that just like a yid can bring a carbon in the base of Mikdash, if they were also allowed to bring carbonus in the base of Mikdash. The kachav, very often they would. So he said, Why don't you send the carbon to the Jews, to the Kayhanim, and let's see if they're going to bring it or they're not going to bring it. Azal Eglatilsa. See, he went and he sent the carbon. Not just any animal, but it was an Eglatilsa, which we know was a very, very chash of an animal. As Barkamsa was bringing this Eglatilsa to the base of Mikdash Shadabe Muma, he gave it a mum, in the upper lip of the animal. Some say it was in the cataract of the eye. What was significant of this mum? It was a place that for us, 
For the Kayhanim, it would be considered a mum, meaning they wouldn't be able to offer this animal as a carbon. But at the same time, for the Romans, for the Evdikichavim, they would not have treated it as a mum. Meaning, the point was that he wanted this animal to have a mum. Like this, the Kayhanim would not bring it as a carbon. And when the Kesar would hear that they didn't bring it because of a mum, he wouldn't buy it because... He would say, where was the mom? Wasn't missing a limb. What was the issue? Oh, there was something in the Nifs Vasayim. There was something in the Dukin Shabbayim. We don't consider that as a mom. So that was the Chachm of Bar This is the way he was going to set up his whole plot. Either way, so this animal arrives. It's from the Kesar. He wants to bring a carbon. So all the Rabbanim got together. We know the Sanhedrin used to sit in the Lishka Sagazas. And they all convene and they start asking themselves, okay, what should we do? And the decision was made that Mishum Shloy Malchus, we're going to bring this as a carbon. Ben Afkulis, but Rabbi Ben Afkulis was there. And it's Yudua that the Vilna Gaon said that Rabbi Ben Afkulis was the Av Bezdin at the time. See, he wasn't just one of the Rabbanim. He was the Av Bezdin. He was the, the final answer. And Rabbi Ben Afkulis said, Yoimru, if we're going to bring this Karmen, people are going to say, Bale Mubin Kravim, Legabim is This is a very dangerous move. It's a slippery slope. Meaning, I know Mishum Shloim Malchus, we can be mad with this Karmen. Even though there's a loisa say to be makiv a carbon that has a mum, but what we're dealing here with is bekuach nefesh and the bekuach nefesh perhaps of the entire Jewish nation. But I'm worried. I'm worried that people are going to say bale mumim crave from the gabi mezbeach. So they said, okay, that's not a good move. We have to work on a plan B. They had a plan B. They said, why don't we kill Barkansa? If we kill Barkansa, you kill the middleman. The Lord lays of Alemo. So now he's not going to be able to go back to tell the case of Remy what happened. The case of Remy will think that they. Brought the carbon. How's he going to know not? And like this, we'll be able to get out of it. Amalu Rabbi Schayer, but Schayer said that's also not a good idea. Because people are going to say, What did Barkamsa do to deserve to be killed? Probably because he was Matumum Bekachim. Now, when you learn Kachim, you learn that Matumum Bekachim is a very big deal. This Gemara is a raya. Because you see, there was a Havamina in Rabbi Zachariah's eyes that people would think that Matumum Bekachim is actually Chayim Misa. But this point is that Rabbi Zachariah said that to kill Barkamsa is also not idea. They were a mock of the carbon. They didn't kill Barkamsa. Barkamsa went back to the case of Raimi. He told them what happened. And of course, the rest is history. In fact, the Gemara interrupts the narrative. And the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Yoichan. Rabbi Yoichan said, And the Sinusay Shor ben Afkulis. It was the Anova of Rabbi ben Afkulis that was Hechrives Beiseinu, Vesarfas Hecholeinu, Vehigli Sonu Me'artseinu. And Rabbi Yoichan literally, for generations, would darshan. And he would say that when we talk about the Seboys and the things that caused the destruction of the second base Amikdash, a very, very important cause was the Anova of Rabbi ben Afkulos. And everybody asks that where do you see in this story Anova? There was Anova? Maybe poor judgment. But where do you see Anova? And the truth is Rashi mutches a little bit. Rashi says, It was the patience of Rabbi Zechariah that's what caused the Chorben Beis HaMikdash. But Divrei Rashi is also a little bit Tzarech Beer. But if you take a look at the Hagois of Rabbi Zechariah's he says that Rabbi Zechariah ben Afkulus knew the right thing to do. He knew the right thing to do was either to bring the carbon, Mishum Shloim Malchus, or to kill Bar Kamsa. The problem is, he didn't have the plates in his own eyes to do it. He felt, who am I to be able to say such a chiddush? to make a hayra shah and to take an animal that has a mum and put it on the mezbeach. Who am I to paskin that Bar Kamsa has a din of a roidith and as a result, we're going to go ahead and kill him. Now the truth is, Rabbi Zechariah had the places. He was the Yav Bezdin. And it was something that he could have, would have, and should have done. But it was because of his humility. But humility at a time when he should not have been humble. 
said Rabbi Yochanan that ultimately caused the destruction of the base Amikdash. And the truth is, it's fascinating because we know the second base Amikdash, and we're going to get into this later, was destroyed because of bad midas. The Gemara says in Yuma Daftes days, the first base Amikdash was destroyed because the Yidin were guilty of Avodazara, Gila, Rayash, Vichazdamim. The second base Amikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. And really, this story that we just learned talks about all the bad midas that were going on at that time. Rabbi Yechonon commented that it was even a good Midah that played a role in the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Meaning, the Yidin had bad Midahs, and even the good Midahs that they had were misplaced. Because this is Anvesenusai, which is a Midah Toiva Adlamaid. But at the same time, another at the wrong time is Oichet Nishkut. So the whole Indian of Midas was completely upside down. There was Sinah where there shouldn't have been Sinah, and there was another where there shouldn't have been another. But Anvesenusai, together with all the Midas Sarais, is ultimately Rabbi Yechonon said, what destroyed the second base Hamikdash? Either way, we return to the narrows. Up the Gemara Shadar Ilavai Lanu and Kesar. So the Roman realized that they had an issue, meaning Bar Kamsa's intel was proven to be accurate. It seems the Jews are planning a rebellion, and before it got anywhere, they decided they have to quash it. So what they do? They sent Neroi Kesar. When Nira Kaiser began to head towards Yerushalayim, so he was a little bit superstitious, and he wanted to see whether he's going to be successful in what he's about to do, or he's not going to be successful. So he decided he's going to shoot arrows into the air. He wants to see where these arrows are going to land. That's going to somehow give him an idea of how this is going to play itself out. So what he did was, he sent an arrow, he shot it in the direction of Mizrach, it landed in Yerushalayim. Then he sent one to the west, he sent it to the four sides of the world, and anywhere he sent his arrow, it landed in Yerushalayim. Then he said, I want to make sure, for sure, that I got this right. See, he tried doing another nilsud, the superstition. And this was very, very old school. He went to a child and he told him, tell me, you're learning in yeshiva, yeah, what's the passing that your Rebbe taught you today? Amalei, so he told him, we're learning Sefi Yecheskel, we're holding in Perech of Hay, and this is what the Rebbe taught me today. Venosati es nikmasi be'edoim be'ad ami Yisrael. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take revenge of Edoim for what Edoim did to Ami Yisrael. Amar Seniroi said, Kuchabrichu bayu l'chruve base. It's very obvious what's going on over here. All the arrows are landing in Yerushalayim. Meaning, this base on Mikdash is going to be destroyed. But at the same time, the second part of this is the safer is Vinosati as Nikmasi Bad, meaning the Abish is gonna take revenge from whomever it is that's gonna destroy the base on Mikdash. And Nura said, if that's the case, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Arak, he ran away, the Azal he went, the Igayer. And he converted to Judaism, the Nafik Minei Rameyer, and he was Zoicha that the great Rameyer came from him. The Kajaglavagoyan in Eritzviala Tayra says a Dovan Niflo. He says that what did Nira Kaser do to deserve that the great mayor would come from him? So he to a Gemara, this is also a Churban Gemara, Nesechtis Bava Basra, Dafkimalamadez, Daftalamadalf. The Gemara today tells the story of Hurdis. So Hurdis lived about a hundred years or so before the destruction of the second day Samikdash. And the Gemara says that Hurdis was a terrible, terrible person. He was a monster. He goes down as one of the worst people in Jewish history. And Hurdis went, and Hurdis, he killed all the Rabban, Ad Kedekach. There was only one rabbi that he left. His name was Bava Ben Buta, and the reason he left him was, the Gemara says, Lemishkal because he needed a good Jewish advisor, good Jewish lawyer, and as a result, he kept him alive. But he was the only one that was kept alive. Either way, 
after he killed all the Rabbanon, at some point he woke up in the morning and he had a little bit of remorse. He said, Rabbanon, what exactly did I do? And he started regretting what he did. So he goes to Baba Ben Guta and he tells him, you know, I feel awful, I feel miserable. Give me an aid, so there has to be something. told him, who cover He said, you extinguished the light of the world. All the Torah that you took away from the world, you were what you should do is you should engage in what you should do is you should go now and renovate the base Amikdosh which is the Ur the world how do I know that because the Pasuk says Yeshaya Hanavi said so the Kajab Lavagoyin said that the base Amikdosh you see from Bava Basra Daftalad Amad Aleph was Oiroi Shaloylam. It's literally the Oir of the world. Niroi Kesa was about to destroy the base Amikdosh. This was his mission. He decided not to extinguish Oiroi Shaloylam. What was he Zaychatu? He was Zaychatu Rameyer. Why Rameyer? Because the Gemara says in Erevin Daftu Gimlam and the base Tonal. Why Rameyer Shmai Elorab Nuroi Shmai? Why would he call Rameyer Shumere? Because he was someone that lit up the world. He was Meir Enei Chachamim Bahalacha. It was Mida Keneged Mida. Nirei Keser decided not to extinguish Eirish Aloylam. So what he was Zoychah to was to bring an Eir into the world. Who was the Eir that he brought into the world? It was great, the great Rameir. To do that, Rizal said that we know that Rameir is the bosses of Teresh of Alpeh. Stam Mishnah is Rameir. Aliba the Rabbi Akiva, Rameir came from Nira Kesar. He came from Edoim, which Chazal had a Messiah, came from Esav. And Darizal said it's Merumis in Esav, who the Pasik says was Tsayid Bepiv. Tsayid Bepiv would be a remiss to the fact that Teresh Peh would come from Esav. It would come from Rameir, Rabbi Akiva also, who was a Ben Geir. Some say Akiva Ben Yosef. Rabbi Akiva's own father was a Geir. People don't know that. But Rabbi Akiva's own father wasn't just 10 Dairis from Geir. No. Zaintatis giving a Geir. It's a But the bottom line is Rameir and Rabbi Akiva, who are the Makar to Teresh Peh, they came from Esav. This Gemara right here, that Niroi, Keso, was Zoycha, that it was nothing Nei Rameir. Either way. So Niroi says that I'm abstaining. I'm walking away from this. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Okay, so they had to send somebody else. So who was Nero's backup? Shadre Ilavayul Aspasienus, also known as Vespasian. And he went and he didn't backtrack. He wasn't Zaycha to have Rameir come from him. So Aspasianus comes and he surrounded Yerushalayim for three years. It says the Gemara Habibahanu There were three Gevirim at that time that lived in Yerushalayim. Nakdimim ben Gurion, Uben Kabul Savua, Uben Sintas Akasa. Nakdimim ben Gurion, why was Nakdimim ben Gurion called Nakdimim ben Gurion? Shenokta Loichama Bavurai. Because he was Zoicha that the sun once came out for him. In fact, the Gemara says in Tainas Tafchafa Meralef, it's a bride, so there were three people that were Zoicha, Shenokta Lehem Chama Bavurai. Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshua ben Nun and Nakdim and ben Gurion. So Nakdim and ben Gurion is in pretty solid company. But either way, he was called Nakdim and ben Gurion. Why was Ben Kabbal Savur called Ben Kabbal Savur? Because any person that would enter his house hungry, he was starving literally like a dog, he would leave full. And Ben Tzitzis HaKesses, he had his name, meaning whenever he would walk, they would always roll out the red carpet, and the Tzitzis, they would literally schlep on top of this carpet. His Kisei was between... 
the G'daylim of Rome. Incidentally, the Marsha says that you see that the three Gvirim at the time were also three tremendous Sadikim because their names were all symbolic of a, of a Dover Shal Mitzvah. Noktolei Chama Bavuroi, Kolan Nichnas Lebeisei Keshurov, Kekelev, Yoitze Keshur Saveya, Shoisetzi Tzasoi. We're talking about Asitzes. So he says these were three Gvirim, but these were also three very Chashva people. Either way, Chadam at once said, Ano Zayinu Lubachit Vesairi. He said, listen, right now, there's no importing, there's no exporting. But at the same time, I have the money, I'm going to support the Jews as long as possible with all the chitim and tzairim. I'll pay for all the chitim and tzairim. The other one said, I'll pay for the wine, for the salt, and I'll pay for the oil. The other one said, I'm going to give what? When the Rabbana would say over the story, they would say, so it doesn't look like from the Gemara, we know who said what. But whoever it was that said tzivi, he said, I'm going to give the wood, his donation, his pledge was the best pledge. Why? Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda, Kol HaKlidi, have a muscle of Rav Chizda, we know, was Tayyar Vigdul of Makamacha. So all the keys to all his vaults and all the safes and all his oitzris, he would give over to his gabbai, with the exception of the key to the wood. I'm Rav Chizda, because Rav Chizda himself said, this is what she he said, a kalbadachiti for one storehouse of wheat, by shitin a kalbadachiti. You need 60 such storehouses of wood, meaning wood you always need a lot of, and as a result, it's very, very, very valuable. Either way, have a little amazing Esr Vachad Shasa. So the three Gvirim got together, and between the three of them, they were able to support Yerushalayim for 21 years. So really, had the siege lasted 21 years, the Yidim would have had whatever they had. Problem is, Havabu Hanabriyoyni, they were Briyoyinim. So the Briyoyinim, these were like bad guys. These were Chevramans. They wanted a fight. And they didn't stall to what the Rabbanon said. Amru, the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon went to the Briyoyinim because they were very powerful. And they said, Nathan, I think we should go out. I think we should make peace with the Romans. This is a mistake. Why don't we tell them this is one big misunderstanding. This was a Malshinos. That animal that we were in Makriv that had a mum. It was Benifs Fasayim. I understand. We'll go through the sugiyas of mumin together. And we'll explain to them what happened. Because really, this is a big misunderstanding. The problem is the, sh- the Biryayim didn't allow them. So then they said, They said, Meaning this is the Biryayim now talking to the Chacham. They said, I want to fight. No, no, no. Making a mistake. If we fight, we're going to lose. We're not going to take down the Roman Empire. So what the Biryayim did was, and this is old school, they burnt all the warehouses of Chitim and the Kafna, and there was a hunger. And once there was a hunger, now already they couldn't hold that anymore, and as a result, now things had to start moving quicker. So the Gemara interrupts for a second. The Gemara says, Marta Bas Baisos, Atirosa di Yerushalayim Hafia. Marta Bas Baisos, she was the wealthiest woman of Yerushalayim. Shadrasei Lashlucha, she sent her Shlech Ramalin, she said, Zil Aisili Smita, could you please go get Smita? Rashi says, Smita Soilus, go get flour for me. She was hungry, there was a Kafna, we just said there was a hunger, and she sent her Gaba to the store to go buy flour. So the Gaba went, this uh, Shliach went to the store to buy Silas. His daven, there was no Silas. Also, Amala. So he came back and he told, there's no Smita. But if you want, I can get you Chivarta. Rashi says, Chivarta is pas nikia. So it's not quite as good as Silas. It's the next best thing. That's something I can get you. Okay, yeah, sure. Buy me Chivarta. When he went to buy the Chivarta, his daven turned out that it was gone already. He couldn't buy it anymore. Also, Amalos, he came back and he told the Chivarta, there's no Chivarta anymore, but Gushkara Ika. If you want, I can buy for you Gushkara. That's even a more inferior type of bread, type of flour. So she said, yeah, no problem. The only thing I could buy for you now is I could buy Kem 
Emach of Sa'irim. So we know throughout Shas, Sa'irim is always Michael Behema. So the only I could buy is Michael Behema. There's no Michael Adam that's available to buy. Amrulay. So she said, Zil, I silly, go buy. Adazel is Davin. Came back and he said, I'm sorry, I can't even buy Kemach Sa'irim anymore. Meaning the food was going so fast, the hunger was so terrible, there was nothing. So the Gemara says, I have a Shlifa Masana. At that point, Mantaba Spices wasn't wearing her shoes. Umra, she said, Eight book the Echsi. Let me go see if I could find food by myself. Maybe I'll be able to, to come up with something. As she walked outside, her foot ended up stepping into the Tsoya of an animal, and she was such a Mifunekes because. For her foot to step in a place like that, this is the wealthiest woman of Yerushalayim, Umesa, and because of the pain, she died. And Kara Allah, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he said on her the following pasuk. This was the Hespid. She was a Raka, she was an Anuga. There's a play on this Indian that her foot stepped on something that caused her to die. Ikadamri, however, there was another version of the story. Some say, She went outside, she was trying to find something, and she found the Gregus, she found the dry fig of Rapsadik. She ate it, the Isnisa, but because, again, she was a Mephunic, Umesa, she ended up dying. So what's the background to this dried figure of Rav Tzadik? Rav Tzadik Yosef, Arban, Shnimet, Hanisa, Lach, Yerushalayim. Because Rav Tzadik had fasted 40 years, that Yerushalayim should not be destroyed. Kava Achel, Midi, where Rav Tzadik would eat something, he was so frail, he fasted 40 years. Have a Meschasi Me'avroi. You were able to literally, if you were looking at him, you were able to see his digestive tract. You could literally see the food going down his system. Chavi Bari, when... He stopped fasting and he started getting better. Maisilei Gregus said they would bring him a Gregus, but he couldn't sit down and eat. His body wasn't conditioned anymore to eat. So they would bring him this fig, Mayitz Mayu, he would suck out the juices, Fashaduluhu, and then he would throw it away. Marta Baspaisos found that Gregus where the juices had been sucked out from Tzaddik. She drank that and she died. Igmar says, Ki have a konicha nafsho. As Marta Baspaisos was dying, Afikta Lechol the Havav Kaspa, she took all her gold, all her silver, Shadisa Bashuka, she threw it into the street. Umra, she said, Hi, Lamai me. What do I need this for? This is Pshat in the Pasik. The Navi Yecheskel was saying Nevuah about the Churban and he said, This is an example of that Indian that all the money in the world was completely worthless. Again, we return to our program. So there's this little standoff right now between the Bryoinim and between the Rabbanim. The Bryoinim want to fight, the Rabbanim are pacifists. They want to make peace. Why? Because they realize this is really the only solution. There's no way, as heavy underdogs, the Jews are going to be able to defeat at this point in history. They don't have the schosim, and it's not going to happen. The Briyoinim pulled a move, terrorism. They went, and they torched the Chitim and Sa'irim, which put the Jews at that time in a very, very compromised position, which led to a hunger. And the Gemara just gave one dogma of the hunger with the story of Marta Vaspaisos. But this is what's going on. It's this story of Marta Baspaisos. That's what's happening right now. Rabbi Yechem and Zaka was the leader of the Jews at the time, and he realized that we need to figure something out. We need Episanetza. So the Gemara says, it just so happened that Abba Sikra, Reish Biryoyim of Yerushalayim, Abba Sikra, he was the head of the Biryoyim of Yerushalayim, Bar Achse, Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. He was Rabbi Yechem and Zakai's nephew. So he 
reached out to him. And he told him, Dechmetzake reaches out to his nephew, and he comes to him. He told him, why, why are you doing this? Don't you realize that you're going to kill everybody? What exactly are you accomplishing? And he told him, I'll be honest with you, I'm a pawn. I'm working for my constituents. If I'm going to say one word, they're going to kill me. Rechem and Zakai says, you have to come up with a plan. This is your geshaft. You know how to do these things. I don't. I'm a rabbi. But come up with an eight to figure out a way to smuggle me out. Maybe, maybe, get me an audience with the Roman case and maybe I could explain to him what's going on. So Abbasikra started thinking quickly and he says, I have an idea. He said, I want you to feign as if you're not well. Meaning, make believe you're very, very sick. But you have to really, really play this out. Meaning, you're going to have to be sick for a while, and there's going to be Tillim, there's going to be Ramkol, people are going to be doing things as Chosim, and everyone's going to come to be Mavakachol. And then bring something that smells really, really bad. And lie on top of it. And then there's going to be a Ramkol that's going to say, that the great Rabbi Yechem passed away. And you tell me them should now come, and they should be together with you. But nobody else should come near you. Why? Because I'm afraid that somebody's going to pick up your mita, pick up the coffin, and they're going to realize that your body is light. The Inuyadi, because everybody knows the Misa, that live weight is lighter than dead weight. So, People have to really, really think that you're dead. So only ones that could be near you are Talmudim. They did that. And who were the Talmudim that came to be together with Rabbi Yechem and Zakai? So we know Rabbi Yechem and Zakai had a great yeshiva. And he had many, 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 many Talmudim. Pirkut Rabbi Yechem, Parak Galaf, Parak Beis talks about the yeshiva of Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. The Mishnah also says, Chamisha Talmidim Hoyeloi, the Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. Rabbi Lezben Horkinus, Rabbi Shul Ben Chananya, Rabbi Shul Ben Asano, Rabbi Yossi Akoyin, and Rabbi Loza Ben Arach. But you see that from the five prized Talmidim that the Mishnah Novice list, there were two. There were two that were distinguished. And they were Rabbi Lezben and Rabbi Yeshua. Either way. So Rabbi Lezben and Rabbi Yeshua came, and they're taking the body of Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. And where are they taking him? They're taking him outside of Yerushalayim. When they come to the door of Yerushalayim, so they said, you know, we have the body of the great rabbi, we want to take him out, we want to bury him. So they said, how do we know he's dead? Maybe he's really alive. So what do you mean? He died. Don't you know? They were saying, tell him, people are coming, there will be Mavaka He smells, right? All the simonim of a mace, everything is here. He said, but, you know, we're not so sure. I think what we need to do is we need to prove it. See, pulls out his sword, he goes, I'm going to put my sword straight through the mita, straight through the coffin, and we'll see if he's alive or dead. So he told them, this is Abbasikra talking, people are going to say, that's, that's inappropriate, you can't do that. He's the great rabbi, you have to have respect for him. They said, okay, you know what, let's do something else. Let's torture him a little bit. Rashi says, Ula Yitzak. We'll see, maybe he's going to scream. Meaning, if he's alive, he's probably going to scream. So again, Abbasikra, who's very much in on this plot, they're going to say, Rabban Dachfu, they opened up the door, Nafak, and Rabbi Yechem and Zakeh was able to get out. The truth is, you have to hit the pause button for one second. Why? Because Rabbi Yechem and Zakeh had passed away, did that mean that Rabbi Yechem and Zakeh was allowed to leave Yerushalayim? If they were a little bit afraid, they were suspicious, I mean, they wanted to put a sword through his body, so just bury him in Yerushalayim somewhere. 
Because he's not alive, therefore he has to leave Yerushalayim. But the Pshad is Pashat. The Pshad is because it's a halacha in Kaiver Mason Yerushalayim. It's a halacha. And they were respectful of that halacha. The Minug always was that no one was ever buried in Yerushalayim. Either some Kfar Yerushalayim, it's a discussion for another day. But it's a Mefurish Abrisis that you're not allowed to bury people in Yerushalayim. And it's Pashat. That's the background to the story. Because out of respect for that law, they said, we can't bury Rabbi Yechemazak in Yerushalayim. And therefore he was able to get out. Either way, Kimata, Lahasam. So Yechem was able to get from the door of Yerushalayim, make it all the way, have uh, an audience by the case of Rome. Now to be clear, he's not in Rome. He's not by the king, quote-unquote, of Rome. But he's by the case of Rome. Who's the case, sir? It's Aspasionus. It's Vespasian. It was Nero. He walked away. And now it's Aspasionus. So he comes to Aspasionus and he tells him the following. He says, greetings, king, greetings, king. So Aspasionus told him, For what? You just said, not once, but Pamai. The number one, the Right? Rashi. The Hisalal to be. You're literally making Lutzanas for me. You're calling me a Melech when I'm not really a Melech. The Suan, besides, if I'm really a king, according to you that you think I'm king, you should have came earlier. And if that's the case, for not coming earlier. This that you're telling me that you're not a king, you are king. The Lav Malkat. Because were you not king, like Mimsa Yerushalayim beyotcha, Yerushalayim would not have been handed over to you. Because the pasuk says, "Vahalovanoim ba'ader yipal." Vein ader el melech. The word ader means melech. Tachsib b'hoya adira mimenu v'goyim. With elavanim elav beis hamikdash, and the word elavanim means beis hamikdash. Shenemar ha'har ha'toy vazeh vahalovanim. Rashi says, "Why is the beis hamikdash referred to as lavanoim?" Because it takes all the avoyness of the yidden and it turns them white. So he said that you're telling me. You're not king? You are king. Because were you not king, like Mimsur Yishalayim Biyatcha? Now, Taisva says, Yishalayim wasn't handed over to Vespasian. Right now, there's a siege. It's been going on for three years. But at the same time, he hasn't really had anything. But Taisva says, You have to say, Number one, three years. And not just that, he already got the Yidin to the point that there's a hunger. It's a ki'ilu. But the bottom line is that from the fact that you've had this level of success, that means I could already call you Melech. That was the first thing. The second thing. And another good question. That if I really view you as a king, how come I didn't come earlier? It's because of the Beryoinim that were there. They didn't allow me to come. So, Aspasionus told Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, says, I don't agree with your second time, and I'll explain to you with a mashal. If you would, have, you would have a barrel of honey, and there'd be a snake attached to it. Wouldn't you destroy, just break the chavis to get rid of the snake? Meaning, if there's a snake that likes this honey, you want the honey, but the snake is poisonous, he's dangerous, and you don't want to have anything to do with this snake. So what would you probably do? You'd probably just destroy the honey and... Like this, at the very least, even though you're losing the dvash, but you'd get rid of the snake. In other words, what you should have done is, is you should have just torched the, the Chaymas Yerushalayim. You would have got rid of the Briyayim. You would have been able to come out. But at the same time, you would have had an audience with me, Ishtek. And when Rabbi Yechem I heard that Taina, he was quiet. And Kariyala, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, years later, hundreds of years later, heard the story of Itay, Masam, Rabbi Akiva. 
not hundreds of years later, he said the following pasuk. Yeshaya Novi said, "Meishiv Chachamim Achar." That sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu manipulates the minds of a Chacham and even the wisest of men. People on the level of Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, sometimes they get fooled and they lose an argument. There was something so posh and so obvious that he could have said and they end up not saying it. What could he have said? What he told him was, is not, you want to know what I would do if I had a Chavish Altvash and there was a darken around it? So I would take some implement, I would take a piece of wood, I would try to kill the darken, like this, I'd be able to have the chavis. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to negotiate with the Briyayim, which is what I did. And that's why it took me a little bit of time to get her. But the bottom line is, I should have just blew up the whole city. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. You try to be a little bit more strategic, which is why I did, and I apologize. It took me this long to get to you. But at the same time, there was a chachma here. This was something that was thought out. I think you're the melech, you have to be the melech, because if you're not melech, you would have not gotten to the point that you got. You want to know why I didn't come earlier? I was trying. So, as Rabbi Yechem and Zakim Vespasian are having this conversation, also Pristika, Allah Miraim, a Shliach came from Rome, Amale, the Shliach comes straight to Vespasian and he tells him, I have a telegram for you. Kum, get up, the Misli Kaiser, the Kaiser died, the Amri, Hanu Chashiva, the Raimi, and there was a vote that was taken in the, the Congress in Rome and they decided, you're going to be the next Melech which is what Rabbi Yechem and Zakai had said. So the Gemara says, at that time, when this Shliach came, have a same Chad Masani. Vespasian, it just so happens, was wearing only one shoe. Boy, the Messiah, he's about to head out to Rome. He needs a second shoe. Like, I, he couldn't put it on. Boy, the He said, okay, listen, if I can't get the other shoe on, at least let me take this shoe off. I'll put on another pair of shoes. Like, he couldn't get this one shoe off. So he was stuck here with one shoe. Omar, he said, my hi, what's going on over here? Omar, Rabbi Yechem and Zakai told him, don't be bizarre. The reason this happened is because you just got a very, very good piece of news. You just found out that you're going to be king. And the Pasik says, that when a person gets a Shmua Toive, it causes his Atzomais to become Deshen, Zaftig, and they, they, get a, they swell up a little bit, and it's for that reason you're stuck. You can't get that one shoe on, and you can't get this shoe off. So he said, What should I do? He said, Bring someone that you don't like so much. Let him walk past you, and that's going to cause the swelling to go down. The Chesiv, the Pasuk says, The Ruach Necheya Tiyabesh Garem. So, the Gemara of Adhachi, he listened to him, Ayol, and it worked. Amalesi told him, Yach Dechach Misukulei He looks at Rabbi Yechem and Zaka. He said, You're the smartest person I ever met in my life. See, he says, Adu Idna Mailoy Asisulagabai. So again, since Fatima, why didn't you come? Amalesi, Rabbi Yechem and Zaka, I told him, Vole Amrilach, didn't I already tell you? Amalesi told him back, Anonami Amrilach, I told you. And they went in circles, and they didn't get anywhere as far as that goes. But at the same time, the space team was very impressed with Rabbi Yechon and Zakai. he told him, Mezel Azilna, I have a mission, I have a shlichus, I have to go to Rome right now. I have to be the king of the Roman Empire. And someone else is going to come in my place. But before I leave, ask me something, I'll give it to you. Meaning, I feel hakar satoif to you, make a request. Rabbi Yechon and didn't have to think. He told him, Tainli yavna v'chachamel. At that time, the Chachamim, the sages, were all in a city known as Yafna. And there was a yeshiva there, and they were learning Torah there. So Rabbi says, I would like that when the Beis HaMikdash, or whatever it is you might do, please spear. You should just make Yafna a safe harbor. So like this, nobody's going to be able to go to Yafna, no one's going to be able to touch the Chachamim there. Number two, I want you to save the family of Rabbi Gamliel. The Nasim had been descendants of Rabbi Gamliel, and 
I want you to save this mishpacha. Vasvasa the masyan later Rabtzadik. And I want you to heal Rabtzadik. The Gemara had told the story of Rabtzadik fasting for 40 years, like Lachrev, Beis Hamikdash, and Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, one of his three wishes was, please save Rab Tzadik. And the Gemara says, Karla Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef heard about this, V'yitem Rabbi Kiva, some say Rabbi Akiva, he said, Meshav Chachamim Achar, V'daitam Yisar. He heard this story and he said, I can't believe that Vespasian asked Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, what do you want? And he didn't ask them for what? He didn't ask them, give me one more chance. Just don't destroy the base Hamikdash. I mean, you want to do something, do something. Oh, but the base Hamikdash keep alive. Give me one more chance. So why did Rabbi Yechemazaka do that? But who saw that? He thought Dilma Kulei Haile of it. He thought to fast the Maruba late to fast. Sometimes if you ask for too much in a negotiation, you end up getting nothing. And you end up not even getting what he asked for. So Rabbi Yechemazaka said that I'm going to play conservatively. And I'm going to try to get things that I feel like I can't live without. And that is tenli yavne v'chachomer shushultu d'rabbi gamliel, and I want you to heal Rab Tzadik. Zokti gemara as it relates to healing Rab Tzadik. Asfasa the master of Rab Tzadik mayhi. How did they heal Rab Tzadik? Yoyim the first day ashkiu mayi depari. They gave him to drink water that Bran had been soaking in. Lamacha the next day mayu de. Sipuka. They gave him water where Rashi says Subin Gedolim. There was like big brand that had been soaking in there, and there was Kemach already involved. The Macher the Kimcha. The next day they gave him water that only had Kemach Adarav until finally his intestines became healthy. Porto Porto Tzibislach Tzibislach, and that's how the great Rab Tzadik ultimately was able to survive. You know, it's interesting. Rabbi Yechem ben Zakkai is given three wishes. Well, actually, he wasn't given three. He told him, "Ask me what you want," and he asked for three things. Save the family of Rabbi Gamliel and heal Rabbi Tzadik. Now, we understand. We've all heard drushes about this over the years. Klai Yisrael can survive without a Beis HaMikdash. We've survived 2,000 years. Pachas Yoyser without a Beis HaMikdash. But without Yavna V'chachamel, without Torah, Klai Yisrael can't survive a minute. So the fact that Yechem and Zakai felt that at the very least, let me assure that there'll be Yavna V'chachamel, that's something we understand. Shushultad Rabbi Gamliel, he wanted the family, Rabbi Gamliel, maybe because Mashiach ben David is going to come from the family of Rabbi Gamliel. But why did he feel that it was so important and it was so necessary to heal Rabbi Tzadik? I once heard from a Hashem Yungaman, he told me that maybe the reason is because Rabbi Yechem and Zakkai understood the koyach, the koyach of the fasting of Rabbi Tzadik. The fact that there was one tzaddik, that his avoider was so intense, it was so not shaykh, it was so rava de rava, to make sure that the Beis Hamikdash wasn't going to be destroyed, in the schus of such a tzaddik, the Beis Hamikdash can literally stand. Right, the Welt says, I think Rabbi Chaim Moises said, after a Baruch Ber was nifter, 1939, he said, now he's worried that the Nazis are going to be matzliach, because as long as Rabbi Baruch Ber is alive, his amelus on one rajba is going to save all European Jewry. The fact that there's a tzaddik like Rab Tzaddik who's fasting and his avoiders are to make sure that the base of Mishnah wouldn't be destroyed. He said, heal Rab Tzaddik. Because if you're going to heal Rab Tzaddik, he'll be able to fast vite, he'll be able to do all his inyanim, all his tikkunim. And like this, the base of Mishnah wouldn't be destroyed. But I'll tell you a dover nifla that I saw in the Sefer Rabtuni Betapuchen. So Rabtuni Betapuchen was written by Shloim Arieli Shlita. And in one of the volumes, there's five volumes, Rabtuni Betapuchen, the volume is called Agada Um Musar Aleph. At the end, he has like 100 pages on the sugi of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, on the Agadet of the Churban. So Toich Tavar, if he brings like this, he brings in the name of Rameir Perlis. 
So who is Rameir Perlis? We actually quoted Rameir Perlis in a raid by in Mesechtis Megillah. He wrote a sefer called Megillah Sefer. It's a pirish on Megillah's Esther. He was a Talmud of the Mogan Avram. He was a Talmud of Dovin Oppenheim. He lived in Prague in the early 1700s. He had an anical that we talk a lot about in the Daf, Rabbi Loza Flaklis, the Baal Tshuva Me'ahavas. He was the Zayd of the Tshuva Me'ahavas. So, Rabbi Shloim Ari says, Muva b'shem ha'goyin rameyah perlus atzalmi prag. B'shem ha'mafarshim, that he said over in the name of Kadmoinim, that Rabbi Tzadik fasted 40 years, b'loi lachr beis ha'mikdash, don't think his tanesim went in this. Don't think they went to waste. We know that the first Beis HaMikdash, not only was the Beis HaMikdash destroyed, but the Yisoyed, the foundation of the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed as well. Aru, Aru, Ada Yisoyed, but that's an Al-Naris Bava. It's referring to the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash. But the second Beis HaMikdash, the Yisoyed of the Beis HaMikdash was not destroyed. So I may Pearl has said, B'Shem Kadmoinen, that why was it that the second Beis HaMikdash, at the very least, we got the Yisoyed? So he said the reason was because of the Tanesim of Rav Tzaddik. That the Tanesim of Rav Tzaddik were mayo. They helped that at the very least the Yisoyed of the second base Hamikdash would not be destroyed. And with this he touched the Pasuk. He said, did Ramea Perlis, that David Amalek said unto him, Ki hashosois yehoreson Tzaddik mapal. Ki hashosois, referring to the Yisoyed. He said, if the Yisoyed of the base Hamikdash would be destroyed, Tzaddik mapal. Then what did the Tzaddik pile? Where did the 40 years of Tanesim of Rab Tzaddik go. Rab Tzaddik's Tanesim worked. It was Poyol, the Kadmonim said, that the Yisoyed of the Beis HaMikdash would be destroyed. And Emma says, today is not the day for this, but as it relates to the fact that there was a Yisoyed of the second Beis HaMikdash and there wasn't a Yisoyed of the first Beis HaMikdash, this was something that would play itself out in Emel in the 19th century, where Tzviyash Kalisher wanted to go up and we should be Makriv and Afopi, Shein Bayes and bring Karbonas and one of the big tainas in Bristol, they say this was the biggest taina on Reb Tzvi was that the Rambam says, Mokam HaMizbeach is Mechuvan Hubayoyser. So how are you going to go to the Mokam HaMikdash and you're going to build the base HaMikdash? The Mokam HaMizbeach is Doch Mechuvan Hubayoyser. And the Gemara says in Zvachim that when the Yidin came up at the beginning of Ayesheni, they wanted to bring Karbonus again to build the base HaMikdash. They needed the Nevi'im, Chagi Yitzchari Malachi, to tell the Yidin where the Mokam HaMizbeach was. So how is Reb Tzvi in the 19th century going to figure out the Mokam HaMizbeach if 2,000 years earlier they needed Chagi Yitzchari Malachi to be able to figure this out to them? So Reb Tzvi wrote in his Sefer Jerusalem, it's not a kasha. He said, because in the first Beis HaMikdash, it was Oru, Oru, Ada Yisoyedba. It was completely uprooted. It was completely destroyed. I mean, by Yisheni, we had the Yisoydas. We know the Yisoydas weren't destroyed. We have a Koysal Amaravi. We have remnants. No remnant of the first Beis HaMikdash. We have remnants of the second Beis HaMikdash. And because we have remnants, we can learn Masechtis Midas, and we can work backwards, and we can try to figure out where the Makam HaMizbech was. You can learn a Pasugi in Yavamas. You can learn a Pasugi in Gittin. You can learn a Pasugi in Midas too. And you can figure out where the Makam HaMikdash was. But having the aside of the Beis HaMikdash isn't just something that's symbolic. It's not just a moral victory. It actually was a shtickle remnant where maybe, maybe there'd be a time where there could be a Makriv and Afal Pishayim bias. But the bottom line is, the fact that we had the Yisoydis is based on the idea of Rab Tzaddik, who gave himself up, Mamish, the Klayasol, to make sure that the Yidin were going to be able to, the Yidin were, at the very least, have a Beis HaMikdash, but it was Poyol, Tzaddik Ma'pal, that we should have the Yisoydis. Just one more Ha'ara before we go weiter. And that is, it's a Dover Nifla, that the Chsam Soifer, in one of his Droshes, this drasha that Chassam Soifer gave was in the year Tov Kuf Samachtes. Tov Kuf Samachtes, which 
Memesparam is the year 1809. That was the year that Presburg was under siege, the French Revolution. And the Chassam Seifer got up and he gave a drasha and he shared with the Oilam something very personal. He told him he's struggling right now. He said, the Chevrolet want to take him out of the city. There's an opportunity right now to be able to leave. But I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do. Because if I'm going to leave Presburg, I'll save my life. But at the same time, what's going to be with everybody else? So he said, there's a part of me that feels, and there's a part of me that feels that if I have an opportunity to leave, I should leave. And he went on, we've done this once, Barichos, and he talked about different menhagen. He says, in Prague, he said, 60 years earlier, so this is 16 years, 60 years before the year 1809, he says there was a, a big siege, and the wanted to leave, and he says, the chev and the Kehillah didn't allow the Neu Behuda to leave. This is what he said. And he said, but my Rebbe, the Hafla, when he was in Frankfurt and there was a siege there, this is what Jewish life was like once upon a time. But he said, when there was a siege there, the Hafla left. And he says, there were different Cheshboinahs. He says, we have a Messiah of Ayyib and Sayyah HaAran. When the Aran, the Manik of the Kehillah leaves, Kuma Hashem V'yafutsu Ayvechet causes the enemy to go away. This Dvarim Neflam that he's saying in that Rosh. So Toich Dvarim, when he's struggling, should I leave or should I stay? He says a Dvarim Nifla V'ruyin Advarim L'misha Amram. He says, we know Shavasa B'Tamas. What happened in Shavasa B'Tamas? The wall was finally breached. Right, this all happened when? It happened on, it happened on Shavasa B'Tamas. Then this is a Pasuk in Yermiyo. The Pasuk says that you know when it was Vatibaka here? It was Tes Tamus. So was it Tes Tamus or was it Yud Zayin Tamus? So Taisa and Rosh Hashanah, Yud Chesem and Beis asks the Kasha, and Taisa says, like Kasha, there were two Beis Hamikdoshes. The first Beis Hamikdosh was Tes Tamus, that's Yermio, and the second Beis Hamikdosh was Shavas Tamus. But then Taisa brings the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that really the Vatibaka ear of the first Beis Hamikdosh was also Shavas Tamus. So why does the Pasuk say Tes Tamus? He says, because of the great sorrows that the Yidden was suffering from at that time, they made a mistake. Tol Becheshmen. They thought it was Tes Tamus. It was really Yudzayin Tamus. If they thought it was Tes Tamus, but really it was Yudzayin Tamus, so why does the Pasuk say what they thought? Why does the Pasuk say the Tais? The Pasuk should say what really happened. It should say Shavasa Tamus. So Taisva says that the Pasuk wanted to bring out the Tzara, feel the pain, that literally the Jews, they didn't even know what date it happened. Such an important day, a date that would lay in infamy, a day that would trigger the three weeks, a day that Yidinet throughout the world would fast and mourn the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. They, they pushed it, they messed up that day. So the Chassam Soifa said, what's pshat by the destruction of the first Beis Amikdash? They made a mistake. They thought it was Tess Thomas, really it was Yudzayin Thomas. By the second Beis Amikdash, they were loitol b'cheshmen. It was Yudzayin Thomas, and they knew it was Yudzayin Thomas. So what was the difference? So this is Toich Tvar, it's one line in a drasha. He said, the reason is, because who was the leader of the Jewish people during the destruction of the first base? I make this was Yirmiyah. We was Yirmiyah when all this was happening. He was Betoich Hamiyah Noichi Yosheves. He was in Golish, in Emol, together with the Yid, and he had worse. And being that he had it worse, and he was together with the Yidin, he was betoich the tzara, so you didn't have the NAOA, you didn't have the manik to give you a little bit of clarity to know exactly what was going on. But he said, who was the manik of the Yidin during the second base of Mikdash? It was Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. Where was Rabbi Yechem and Zakai? He was not in Jerusalem. He was smuggled out. He never came back in. They thought he died. He couldn't come back in. He was outside of Yerushalayim. And because the manik was outside Yerushalayim, the manik had clarity. And because he had clarity, there was no mistake. And that's why it was Shavasa Batamas and he knew it was Shavasa Batamas. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai leaving Yerushalayim was important to have an audience in front of the case of Raimi. But it was also a Bechina of Ayyib and Sayah Arayim. 
There was a chatzin in the fact that the leader wasn't there. There was a certain clarity of mind by virtue of the fact that the leader wasn't there. And the Chsam Soifer gets up in Rabbi and he says, I'm struggling with this. My Chsam Soifer left. He did leave. Came back, but he left. But the bottom line is just a little snippet of a Josh's Chsam Soifer, which is printed in the Seif Hazi Koran. That's the autobiography of the Chsam Soifer. But again, this is read for a whole other day. So Nira Kesa was the first one to come and then. He chickened out in a good way. He left. And then Vespasian is supposed to come. But as Vespasian is mamish about to do his thing, I mean, he was there for three years, but he's about to take it to the next level. All of a sudden, becomes king. So now we're already up to the third Kesar. Who was the third Kesar? Azal Shadri Letitus Arasha, who was the son of Vespasian, by the way. So now Titus Arasha comes, says the Gemara. The Pasik says, this passage is referring to Titus Arasha. He was Mecharef and Megadev Klape The way he talked to the Abishta, the things that he did were mamish terrible. Where are you, God? The disgust. And mamish, he reached levels that were unfathomable. Gemara gives one marshal. Not also, what did he do? Tafa Zoyna Biyadeh. And he walked into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and he opened up a Sefer Torah, and he was Mazana with this Zoyna on the Sefer Torah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Then he took a sword, and he put the sword through the Paroiches. As he caught the Paroiches, a miracle happened. Blood started pouring from the Paroiches. Now, when Tito saw the blood coming out, he thought, Not himself, but this is euphemistically. He thought he killed the Kodesh Baruch Hu. How do we know that that's what he thought? Because the Tzairim was screaming, care of Mayadecha, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Right, the base Vat, that's the place where there was a Vinayadati. Samu Oisaisam Oisais. And the Oisaisam, all the miracles that were happening, this miracle, he attributed himself. He thought it had something to do with him. Abachanan, I mean, Abachanan said that the Pasuk says, Micha Moicha Chasinka. Micha Moicha Chasin Vikosha. Who's as, as strong? Who's such a giver like you? That you hear, you're able to listen to all these terrible things and you're able to be able to, to keep it inside. Meaning, the Gvur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was something that was so prevalent at that time. Who's like you that's able to be an Elam? An Elam is someone that's quiet. You're able to be an Elam. You were able to watch all this and not do anything. Either way, what did Titus do? Ma'asa. What was his next move? Not as He took the paroiches. He made it like a big basket. Took all the kalim of the base of Mikdash, right? He took literally all the kalim of the base of Mikdash. He put them in this gargusni, and he put them on a boat. And the idea was to go back to Rome and to show everyone. What happened? Shenemar, as the Pasik says, Ubechem ro isi rishon kivurim, vavo, umimkoim kodesh yalechu, viishtakhu vairah shakein osu, gamzehavo. The way many psukim in Kohelo says. But the bottom line is, what does this Pasik mean? Altikru kivurim elokvutsim. That what Shlomo Melch is saying is, I saw there were rishon kivutsim. There were some that had gathered together, vavo, umimakim kodesh yalechu. They had come from where? From the Makam HaMikdash. V'yishtakhu. Al-tikru v'yishtakhu. Elo v'yishtapchu. And the idea was v'yishtapchu that they should get a hero's welcome. Which of course is what happened. Titus comes back to Rome. If you've ever written 
that read the history of it. It's very painful, very, very hard to read. But if you have, you got a real hero's welcome and there were celebrations that went on for days and for weeks celebrating the great victory of the Romans. The fact that he was successful in doing what he did. Ikadami, some say, as relates to this Pasuk, when it says Kfurim, it means Kfurim. You don't have to change the word from Kfurim to Kfutsim, but rather Kfurim Mamish. And what's the reference of Kfurim in this Pasuk? Again, we're talking about Titus coming back from destroying the base of Mikdash. Even the things that were hidden, were revealed to him. Meaning, he was even able to find the Kalim that were hidden, all the Oitzris, everything he was able to take. So Titus is now on his boat, and he has all the Kalim of the base of Mikdash, and he's waiting for his big Baruch Ahmad, all of Nachshul Shabiyah. As they're at sea, the Nachshul Shabiyam got up, the Toivah, and he wanted to sink the ship. Amar, Suntito said, I think, The only way the God of the Jews knows how to fight is in water. But Parai, when Parai came, This is the way he knows how to fight. In Gibaru, he says, If Hashem is really a Gibar, Let's see if he can take me down on dry land. Meaning, I want this to be on my home turf. Yeah, the Ebishter feels at home when he's at sea. But let me see by Yabashna what he's going to be able to do. Yot Sabaskal Sabaskal came out on the spot and he said, Russia ben Russia, ben ben Oishal, Esav Russia. Bria Kali, Esav Ayolami. I have a small Bria. The Yetushama. It's a gnat. I might call it Bria Kali. Why is it called Bria Kali? The Isla. It has an ability to ingest. Umafakno Esav. It doesn't have an ability to excrete. Aleli Yabashna. He says, Really? You want to pick a fight on dry land? Why don't you go to dry land? Why don't you fight? With the Yatush. Oh, Yabasha, he went to the Yabasha by Yatush, Benichas Bechaitma, Yatush came and entered his nose. Venaka Bemoichai Shevashanim. And for seven years it was clapping on his Mayach, on his brain. Yemachad, one day, have a Kachalop above the Beinafri. He was walking by a blacksmith, Shama Kolar Zafta, and he heard the blacksmith clapping away Ishtik. And when he heard that, all of a sudden the Yatush was quiet. Oh, my Ikutakanta. He says, Wow, I can't believe it. I finally found the Rafuya. Seven years with no Menuchsa Nefesh. All of a sudden he has Menucha. Call Yoyme every day, Maisa Nafcha. Umacha Kamesa. Every day, what would they do now? He's the Kaisa. He can do whatever he wants. See, he brings blacksmiths, blacksmiths, and they're hacking away. The Nachri, if the blacksmith was a Nachri, he was an Indian Yehudi, Yavli Arbazuzi. He would pay him for Zuzim. Lee Israel, if he was a Yid, Amalei, he told him, I'm not paying you. He says, what do you mean? He says, you're getting paid. It's enough that you're seeing your enemy suffer like this. I don't think you need any additional payment. This worked for 30 days. After 30 days, keeping the dash, dash. Once the Yatush got used to the sound, he wasn't a spell anymore, and he went back to clapping away. I was a member of the G'dayli Rhyme. Shemais, when Titus died, Patsuas Moichai, they split open his head. Umatsubai Ketsipar Durar. They found literally like a bird. It was Mishkal Shnei Slam. It weighed two slams. Nisatan Abraisa said, they found Kegoizel Ben Shana. They found a Geisel that looked like it was a year old. Mishkal Shnei Litrin. It weighed two Litrin. Amr Abaya. Abaya said, Naktinon. We have a Masaira that Pivshal Nechoshev. The mouth of this Yatush was made of copper. Vitsiparnov and his fingernails were shell barzel. When Titus was dying, Amrallahu, he told the Oilam, Likliyuallahu Gavra, I want you to burn my body. The lavdari Yami and take my ashes. He wanted to be cremated and spread them over the seven seas. Why? Because I'm afraid that the God of the Jews is gonna find me. The Lukmi Bedina, and he's going to force me to give Din Vecheshben in the next world. So Tito somehow, in his contrived mind, thought that if Hashem, A, can't find his body, 
which is an interesting hanacha. But if he can't find his body, he wouldn't be able to give him din v'cheshven. As if din v'cheshven is on the guf of the person, not on the nesham of the person. But regardless, this is what Titus wanted. This was his move. He said, just scatter me over the seven seas. And like this, maybe I'll be able to get away. So the Gemara tells a postscript to this story. Unculus bar kloinikis. Bar achse de titus hafa. Unculus bar kloinikis, also known simply as Unculus, right? Unculus as in Targum Unculus. So he was the nephew of Titus. Habibay le And he wanted to be Magaya. He's one of the most famous Geirim of all time. So Unculus Agar, he wants to be Magaya. Also, ask him Titus Benegito. So he knew how to do Maisa Oiv, Rashi says, right? He knew how to bring the neshamas and the spirits of the dead down to this world and communicate and ask questions. So he goes to Titus Benegito. Amalei, so he told him, Man chashbahu He says, tell me, who's chashiv on the other side, in the other world? Amalei Yisrael. It's all about the Jews. He said, Maudud vukebahu. Okay, I'm considering conversion. You think it's a good idea? Amalei, he told him, it is, but it's not going to work. Why? Because milayu nefishin, because there's so many mitzvahs, for like mitzvahs, mitzvahs, like you minute, there's no way you'll ever be able to make all these mitzvahs. So he said, you want to take my advice? I'll tell you, I'm your uncle, I'm looking out for your good, this is what I think you should do. Zil igri bahu bahu alma. I think you should chap it with the Jews. Okay, where's this going? The harvest nation. And if you're going to do that, you're going to become a knacker. Because the Pasik says, So anyone that chapters with the Yidim becomes a Rosh, Chazal said, Kol Yisrael, Nasser Rosh. So if you're asking me, that's what I would do. So then he asked him, Tell me, Titus, Manfeta, Dine Dahu Garva Bamai, what's things like for you on the other side, Amale? He says, For me, it's not so good. He said, the He said, I'm literally getting what I asked for. He says, what do you mean? every day, They go to the seven seas, they take my ashes, they put me back together, the dining I get judged, the kolulay, and then they burn me, yami. And again, I get spread out throughout the seven seas. Either way, so Uncle goes to his Uncle Titus, he gives him a report, and Interesting. See, he decided he's going to get a second opinion. So he goes to Bilam and Nagido. Amalei told him, Tell me who's Chashem in the next world. Amalei Yisrael, it's all the Jews. Maulit Vukibahu, Shai become a Yid, Amalei. Say, quoted a Pasik. It says, Now, this is a Pasik, this is a Loisa saying the Torah, that the Yidin are not allowed to engage with Amun Amoyev. But Bilam is now using it against the Yidin. He says, Telling you, tell me what's things like for you on the other side. My Gehenim is that I'm burning in Shikva Zera. Why Shikva Zera? So Rashi says that the reason is because Bilam was the one who gave the Eitzah of the Benois Maya. So being that he was Machshul the Yidim of Gilead Arias, this is what he gets, Midah Kenegad Midah. Marsha adds to that. We know Bilam was also Shtufei Zima. He was Ba on his Asoin, on his donkey. But the point is, he was a, a Baal Gilead Arias. And as a result, that's what Midah Kenegad Midah, his punishment was. So then he decided, you know, I'm going to get a third opinion. And this third opinion that he got, he got from Poishe Yisrael. So who was Poishe Yisrael? So in the censored Gemaras, instead of saying Poishe Yisrael, it says Tell me who's Chashiv in the other world. Amalei Yisrael. He said, "Malut Bukibahu." Should I be mistabik to them? Amalei Tevasam Drosh. 
Yeah, you should be good to the Jews. Because anyone who chaps with a yidin kilo, it's like he's touching the pupil of the eye of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's your Gehenim like? He told him, Anyone that's Malag Adivri Chachamim, Nidoin B'Tsoyer Roy Sachas. And being that I was Malag Adivri Chachamim, therefore he got Tsoyer Roy Sachas. There's a lot of rain, which is way beyond the scope of what we do, that if Poitsche Yisrael is Yeshe HaNoitzri, the Komle B'de Rabbimine of Yeshe HaNoitzri was that he was Malag Adivri Chachamim, he was Chaiti Umachti. Why would his punishment be the punishment that one gets for being malag al chachamim again in kamakoyim zok the gemara as a postscript to this tochazi ma bein poishe yisrael lenevie umoisa oylam lenevie umoisa oylam bilam what did he say loisidra shloim v'tevasam kalayomim and what did poishe yisrael say he said just the opposite tevasam droish raasam loisidra zok the gemara last line Tanya Amar Rabbalaz Rabbalaz said. You see the koyach of busha. Sharisaya Hakadosh Baruch Hu bar kamtsa. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave bar kamtsa the ezer, the support that he needed. The hechrev es beisoy, the saraf es That bar kamtsa, one person who plotted seemingly by himself, was able to execute, and he was able to take it literally to the finish line to destroy the base Hamikdash. That's an incredible amount of siyata deshmaya. It's amazing. Someone has an idea to do something and he's able to literally follow through. You need siyata deshmaya for that. Bar Kamsa has crazy siyata deshmaya for what? To destroy the Beis Hamikdash. What did he do to merit that? So Rabbi Lazar said, it's koicha shalbusha. Because he was embarrassed. And an embarrassed man has tremendous koicha. It's unbelievable. That's like Rabbi Lazar's takeaway. Rabbi Yechelen's takeaway in the beginning of the sugi was Ashriyadam Mefachitavit. Calculate every single move you make because you never know. In Katan Hibay Necha, you don't know necessarily what's going to come from it. Rabbi Loza's takeaway was Bayurei Kamagadol Koycha Shabusha. So just to end with two Ha'aras. The first one's short, and the second one's also short. The first short Ha'ara is so the Gemara says that Unkelis was considering being Megai. And he decided that he wants to get some inside information. So he knew Maisa Oiv. Let me see what's Titzach on the other side. So the first person he went to was his fat uh, Titus. And he says, Titus, tell me, in the, in the other world, who's the most Chashiv? He said, the Yidin. He said, should I become a Yid? He said, no, why not? Then he went to Bilam. And he said, Bilam, tell me, who's Chashiv on the other side? The Jews, should I become a Yid? He said, no, why not? It's the same maskana, but at the same time, at the same time, it was a different reason. Maybe we can say, based on raid that we just spoke about, and maybe this is even Emes in the world of Drush, and that is, Bilam in Parshas Bolot said, So we mentioned not long ago that the Arachayim HaKadosh says, that what did Bilam mean when he said, Gam even though their whole life is literally completely enveloped by Torah mitzvahs, they don't feel like they're working hard. You want to know what they feel like? Like the person that's profiting. Bilam looks at the Jews. He knew about the Torah. Hashem Oislam Yitain, Bilam said. He knew all about the Torah. But he assumed that when he was going to see the Jews, they were going to look Oiskiklam. 
he assumed that they were going to look like a group of people that can't do anything. And every single fiber of their being is governed by a million mitzvahs. That's what he expected to see. And then he looks at the Jews, and he didn't see any amelos. And he was blown away. That's what Bilam said. He thought that they were going to be in a state of Amal, but it was Adarabba. They were Ka'odam Amraviach, Uka'odam Amishtashea Bishashuim, the Rav Cheshkem Batayra. Uncleus goes to Titus. He says, Should I become a Yid? He says, No. He said, But I thought on the other side, it's all about the Jews. He said, Yeah, but Milayu Nefisha, Veloy Matzis, Lakiyumino, you're never going to be able to be a Jew. It's impossible. How are you going to be a Yid? Then he goes to Bilam. And he said, Bilam, what should I do? Bilam didn't tell him, Milayu Nefisha, Veloy Matzis, Lakiyumino. You know why? That Bilam Lushitasa was Loira Amobi Israel. He didn't see Amelos. He understood, Sazana Yid is a Shaykh. You think it's Amelos? Yeah, from the far it looks like Amelos. But Tamu Uru Kitoy Vashem. Taste it. Sometimes you have to taste it to see. It's not so bad. Taste it. You'll see. It's a Develop a taste. Uru and you'll see. Kitoy Vashem. So Bilam Lushitosoy, who was Loira Amobi Yisrael, he didn't say what he said. He said something else. Like Sidra Shlem of Tabas and Kalayodim and Hanami. But at the same time, Milayu Nefishin, Veloy Matzis Lakiyuminu, that's someone who thinks that Sazana. But Bilam, Bilam was on the Madrig, he understood that's why that's why he said a little bit of a different answer. But as it relates to just wrapping up the first of these three dafin, the daf of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. A Kamsa Bar Kamsa Kharvi It means literally. Meaning, it's because of the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa that Yushalayim was destroyed. That was the whole point that Rabbi Yochum was trying to make. That something that seemed rather innocent, not mamish, but at the same time, a small event ultimately triggered the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. But the Svar Maktoshim say, the Marsha, the Ilgichsam Soifer, and others, that when Rabbi Yochanan said, what he also meant to say was, that if you want to understand what the state of the union was at the time of the destruction of the sacred base Amikdash. If you want to understand what was going on, what avoidness permeated the, the nation that ultimately was the cause that Hashem said, you're no longer worthy for dira b'tachtoinim. If you want to understand that on a deeper level, learn the sugi of Kamsa bar Kamsa. And really, a Kamsa bar Kamsa charv Yerushalayim, yeah, that event was the trigger. But it's also a microcosm of what was going on at that time that on a larger scale was the reason that the base HaMikdash was destroyed. And Emes is, we mentioned the Gemara earlier in the Daf, Yuma Daf the first base HaMikdash was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins. But the Gemara says, they were Isaac in Torah, they were even Isaac in Gemilus Chasadim. So why was the base HaMikdash destroyed? And the Gemara says, because they had sinners in and because of sinas chinam, that's why the base Amikdash was destroyed. So if you go through the Marsha's Pirish and the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, and again, other Svar Maktoshim, all these Midas are playing themselves out in the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Sinas chinam, that's Barosham. You have a man who has a friend that he has an enemy. What do you have an enemy for? Right there, boom, he's already dead on arrival. An enemy? He's not supposed to have an enemy. So you see there was sinas chinam. All the Rabbanim were there, and nobody said a word. Obviously, this is an important person. That's why he had all the Chashva people at his party. Pashta guy can't pull that off. So obviously, he's a Gavar And they're all there, and nobody said a word. Why did nobody say a word? 
This is the Gemara on Daf Memalaf on the day Zokdim Rasha, where the Gemara says the Yidim were Machnef Agrifas Amelach, who was the last king of the Jews, circa Bayasheni. So these are the Midas Royce that are taking them taking place at the end of Bayasheni. Loshin Hara. What did Barkam to do? He said, Let me go be Malshin. Let me go speak Loshin Hara. When Barkamsa gave the animal a mum, where did he make the mum? So some say he did it benivs vasayim. Others say he did it bedukin shabayim. Zokdim that nivs vasayim l'rames the chet of lashon hara that was prevalent at that time. Dukin shabayim l'rames the fact that people would sorry and they could forgive other people. These were the midas. This is the feeling that you get when you learn the story of kamsa bar kamsa. And everything that's playing itself out over here is a microcosm of the sinas chinim that the gemara is referring to in Yuma Daftes on the base. But the gemara says that this is the reason that the second base Amikdash was destroyed. But it's Yudua that Chafetz Chaim said, that even though the Gemara says in Aschina, and yeah, you see this Chanafa, and you see this Sarasayin, but the real reason that Bayashemi was destroyed was because of the Chet Alashen. That's what Chafetz Chaim said. It was because of Lashen Har. The MS is, it's a Mefurish Gemara. We're going to see this Gemara tomorrow. I'm Mefurish, but it's as Mefurish as you can maybe get. At the end of the Gemara, we'll see, it's on Nunzayin Amadeis, there's one line. The Hainu Dhamma Rabbi Lazar, Gemara's not talking about Kamsa Bar Kamsa here, but the Hainu Dhamma Rabbi Lazar, that it says in Eoiv, Beshoit Lashoin Teichave. What does that mean? Beshoit Lashoin Teichave, Bechirchure Lashoin Teichave. Bechirchure Lashoin. When there's Chirchure Lashoin, make sure you hide. Zok Tehil Garashi. The Hainu Dhamma Rabbi Lazar, Hod Amrin on Le'il. This that we said earlier that was because of Lashon Hara that the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Where did we say that the base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Lashon Hara? The Gemara said, Akamsa Bar Kamsa. The Territ says, It's the Lashon Hara of Bar Kamsa. But Rashi seems to be saying, Rabbi Loza's Drosha, Beshoit Lashon Techave. When you see Lashon, when there's a lot of Lashon Hara going on, you better hide. Because ultimately, the real cause of the Churban was the Chet of Lashon Hara. So just to end with one final Chassam Soifer, and that is the Chassam Soifer, and this is in the Chassam Soifer Sefer, which regretfully is out of print. It's called Drushen Ve'agodos Chassam Soifer. So it's an Amid Kuf Tzadik Vav. If you have the Chedushe Chassam Soifer Hasholim Al Hashas, it's brought down in Mesechtis Yuma Dav Tesam So the Gemara over there says that the second base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. Says the Chassam Soifer what the Chafetz Chaim says. Now what does it mean Sinas Chinam? It means Sinas Chinam that led to Chet Aloshin. Sinas Chinam that led to Loshin Hara. So the Chassam Soifer said, what's the Oymek? He said that there's a Yalkut Shemoyni. The Yalkut says that after Mordechai and Achashverosh and Esther, the whole story of Purim took itself took place. So the Pasik says that Achashverosh took all the oitzris, all the money of Haman and he gave it to Mordechai. So the Yalkut says like this that Achashverosh took the money and he was mechalakit to Gimel Chalakim. Shlish l'Mordechai v'Esther that went right into their personal bank accounts. V'shlish l'Amli Torah a third of it went to support Kailalim. V'shlish l'Binyan Beis HaMikdash and one third went to build a Beis HaMikdash. It's Mavur in this Medrash, in this Chazal, to Yalkut Shemayni, in Tehillim Chav Beis, that what happened with the money of Haman, a third of it went to build the second base on Mikdash. So the Chassam Soifer says, that why did Haman deserve the downfall that he got? The Gemara says in Megillah, Dafyud Gimel Amit Beis, Amar Rav, Lekud the Yad Alishna Bishik Haman. There was no one that knew how to speak Lashon Hara like Haman. Amar Lei, 
Everything that Achashverosh said, Haman went ahead, Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara. That was the way he got Achashverosh to finally sign off and agree to sign this final solution to take down the Jews. So said the Soifer, what did Haman do to deserve to lose his money? It was because it was elected the Yad Alish Nebishnaka Haman. Because there was no one who knew how to speak Lashon Hara like Haman. Because of that, his Lashon Hara, the Yudin had a Yeshua. What was the Yeshua? They got the money. What did they do with the money? They built the Beis HaMikdash. But then 400 or so years later, the Yidin started speaking Lashon Hara themselves. And when they started speaking Lashon Hara, the Ebesh said, my chazis. He says, I took Haman's money away from Haman because and I gave it to you so you could have a Beis HaMikdash if you're speaking Lashon Hara, the Bistach Tezal Bahaman. And what did the Ebesh do? Said the Chesam Soif, he destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed because it's in Eschinam. Said the Chassam Soif, like the Chafetz Chaim said, it was in Eschinam that led with they lost in Hara. And what's the Pneumius? What's the Oymik? It's because the whole Schus came from the money. Well, it came from the money of Ammon. What's the Pneumius of that? It came because Ammon was a Baalosh in Hara. And the Yidin were it. The Yidin were Leich Noises Yehudim. They got together. They rallied at that time, the Oifen Nifla, with the Achtus that they had. And that's why they were the ones that was Oich. And they had it. They had it for hundreds of years until they didn't have it anymore. Till they slipped, where it became Rachman al-Litzlan, Lekud Yad al-Lishnabisha. In Klal Yisrael, Kamsa bar Kamsa Harv Yishalayim. Because when Kamsa bar Kamsa, when bar Kamsa starts talking like Haman, that's when we lose the base Hamikdash. The whole schus that we have in Nish Haman is because Lekud Yad al-Lishnabisha Kahaman. But when the Yidin slipped and they went into that direction, this is where we ended up being. Just to be Messiah in Bedover Toiv. And that is, we always speak out from the Sefer Achayim. Sefer Achayim was written by the Achiyam Arau. Maral's brother, Reb Chaim, Reb Tzalami, Friedberg, says, So the Sefer Achaim, it's called Sefer Achaim, and it's, it's written based on the Avinu Malkenus that we say on Yom and Eiram. Kosfenu B'Sefer Achaim, Kosfenu B'Sefer Zchuyos, Sefer Parnasa V'Chalkala, Kosfenu B'Sefer Gulav Yeshua, that's why it's written, that's what it's called, Sefer Achaim. So in Sefer Gulav Yeshua, this is in Chelike, it's Pasa Gimel. He's talking about the story of Kamsa bar Kamsa. Then he digresses a little bit. He talks about Megillus Esther, the way we just digressed. And he refers to Megillus Esther as the Sefer HaGu'ula. Beautiful name for the Sefer. So it's a bad, it's a Sefer HaGu'ula. It was a Gu'ula. It was a, a micro-redemption of the terrible Zaira of Haman. But also it led to the second base HaMikdash. So there was a tremendous, tremendous Gu'ula. So this is how he says. V'chosam Sefer Gu'ula. What's the last posik of the Sefer Agula of Megillus Esther? Ki Mordechai Hayehudi Mishnu Lamelech Achashverosh VeGadol Hayehudim VeRatzui Leroy Vechol Doirish Toiv LaAmoy VeDoivish Shalom LeChal Zara. Said the Sefer Achaim B'Chayim Rutzalmi Friedberg that the Sefer Hagula, which is the Sefer of Esther, how does it end? It ends with the fact that Mordechai was Doivish Shalom LeChal Zara LaHagid. To teach us, that Tzorah Yehudim will never have an ability to be able to say bad on the Yidin. Or to speak Lashon Hara on the Jews. Unless the Yidin are Tzorim La'atzman and they speak Lashon Hara on each other. And that's why Mardchai was Dover Shalom L'chol Zaroi. Because he understood this is the Yeshua. So you have a Sefer called Sefer 
Agula, we know as Megillus Esther, which tells a story about a terrible Xera that ultimately we were able to creep out of. What was the Yeshua? Mordechai understood the Yeshua. The Yeshua was when it was Lech Knoises Kala Yehudim, because Lech of the other Lishna Bishnakahamad. And if we're not going to be that way, that's the Yeshua. That's how we're going to be able to creep out of it. We'll creep out of it by going the opposite. And that's why Megillus Esther, which is the Sefer Agula, and the beautiful words of the Sefer Achaim. How's it end? It ends with Because when we're going to go fakert from Kansar Kansa, I was thinking there's one night a year where we're Geulam. What's that night? The Leila Seder. Right? You sit the Leila Seder, you're Bnei Choyrev. That's the Leila of Gula. How do you start? We go fakert from Kansar Kansa. You're all invited. That's how you start the Leila Seder. That's what we do. Geula. Geula begins and it ends. That's what Geula is. Geula is all about being the Pagam was the Pagam of Sinaschinam, it was the Pagam of Chetaloshin, Hashem should be Zoycha, to feel the, the, the Hergish of being Dirish Toivla Amoy, the Dirish Sholem Lechal Zaharoin, and that's what will be Zoycha, the Binyan, Beis Hamikdash, Bimher Vyameno Amen.